Welcome to Mother Up. I'm Gianna DiMedio-Simon. And I'm Casey McDonald-Hosmer, and we are moms who absolutely love our new roles in life. But man, were we not prepared for some of the fine print in the job description. This motherhood thing is hard, especially balancing being a mom while still trying to be you. We find it crazy that after only a six-week consult with your doc, you're basically hung out to dry and have to figure out this tiny human and this new version of you practically alone. There are so many demands for taking care of a baby, but taking care of yourself is essential and sometimes falls by the wayside. We want a connection with our children and our partner that doesn't come at the cost of the relationships with our own selves. So you may be feeling down, but we're here to help you mother up because no one's tougher than a mother. We're using our firsthand experiences and our connections to experts across the country to bring you ways to feel confident, beautiful, and still vulnerable. And listen, we're new to the game, so we'll be learning right along with you. So pour that coffee. Or mimosa. We won't tell. It's time to to mother mother up. Welcome back. Another episode that we have in this month's series on miscarriage and infertility is with a fabulous doctor who specializes in just that. I think she said she was trained in PD. No, primary care. She's trained in primary care. So if you're like not into all the alternative medicines, then don't worry. She's fully trained doctor. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's we we we're just talking about this. That's a piece to the puzzle. And and I think you need to see the entire picture as opposed yeah. to just one snapshot of it. She is the medical director of Gentera's Southern California location. Um, and she is a fertility specialist. She will look at blood work, she will look at stool samples, she will look at uh, urine analysis. Uh, she's gonna look at a whole host of things, but specifically what you are putting in your body, your environment, what's going on up here in your head, what is going on around you, and then also what you've been exposed to throughout your entire life and potentially your mother's life, your grandmother's life, and so on. nuts. The generational trauma. Yeah. And again, it's just another piece to the puzzle of figuring out what you can do to not only increase your chances of um, getting pregnant, but also um, having a successful pregnancy. I was just going to say on our Labor Day episode, if you listen to that, Casey had talked about the clockwise test that she did yes. that told a little bit about her biological clock versus her actual chronological clock mm-hmm. of her being 33 years old and what the results were from that. So she goes into that test and there is a special promo code to that test. And I also learning so much more about it from Dr. Z today, like I'm not trying to conceive at the moment, but it would be really great to know even just more about my health. So I might even do it. The thing that is startling and troubling and paralyzing, for lack of a better word, is how much we don't know about our health. I feel like it's like the ocean. You know, it's like 5% of the ocean has been explored. It's like, well, what do we really know unless there is a surface problem about the inner workings of our bodies? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't go looking normally. You just fix something that's going on. I think you're very reactive instead of proactive. Mm -hmm. I think the analogy of the ocean is so good because there's just so much, like every system in our body is so complex. Think about how many doctors there have to be to make it. I wonder, is there a number on that? Like how many doctors there is specifically to make up the entire body. You think about- Oh yeah, how many doctors doctors do you have to have? Dentists are another. Neurologists are one. Ortho is another. Like, how many are there dedicated to one body? And then you're not even talking about like the spiritual aspect. Mm. And how many? I know we're getting woo woo <laughs> with it. I know. All right. But without further ado, Dr. Z. 
Dr. Catherine Zagoni, who I have found through my travels and who has helped me immensely in my life. You've helped so many other women uh, across the country globally. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, first Thank of you all. for having me, ladies. I'm so excited to be here. I want you to just give us a blanket overview of what your plan of attack is in treating a woman who comes to you with infertility or just wants to get pregnant. So definitely a slightly different protocol, whether somebody's already struggling or whether they're really more just preparing. Um, and I, I definitely approach fertility from a different perspective than, than most conventional doctors, for sure. So I'm trained as a naturopathic doctor, which means I'm a primary care doc, but specializing in natural medicine. So my primary goal is to figure out, one, what is the root cause? So why is someone not getting pregnant? Why is the couple not getting pregnant? Because there's two halves to that equation. And, um, and then how can we cultivate health in the body? So one of the things I've discovered over both in, in my training, but also in 10 years of being in practice is that fertility is a byproduct of health. And so the first thing we do is we want to cultivate health in the body. And there's a lot of ways to do that, but I break it down into everything we eat, drink, breathe, touch, think, and feel. Um, and I also do quite a bit of diagnostic testing. So oftentimes um, in, the, in the infertility world, which is more of the conventional world, you have to try for a year before a doctor will run any tests to see what's going on. And that's the issue when women are trying at older and older ages yes. in this generation. Yes. And as you get older, they break it. They're like, okay, well, if you're over 35, you can try for six months. And if you don't get pregnant, then we'll- Thank you so much. <laughs> uh <-huh. sighs> so prevention first. Um, but really what it comes back to is, is possibility and, and planning ahead because everything that mom and dad eat, drink, breathe, touch, think, and feel three months before conception, but ultimately for years before they bring that baby in, is setting that child up. It's not just can we get pregnant, can we get pregnant easily. That is a huge part of this because infertility rates are on the rise. Part of it is that women are waiting longer to conceive, but another big part of it is toxin exposure and stress. Mm -hmm. Um but it's also, um, there's a, an area of science called epigenetics, and this is how our genes are expressed. And what we know is that mom and dad not only pass down their genes, which we can't change the genes, but they also pass down the epigenetics or how those genes are expressed, which genes are turned on, which genes are turned off. And now we know we, can, we actually have some control over that. So we can turn the good genes up and on, and we can turn the bad genes down and off. Hmm. And that a lot of that gets passed down to our babies. And a big chunk of that happens in the three months before conception because the egg and the sperm take three months from when they start developing in the, in the ovary and in the testes till when they're actually released to meet for conception. So a portion of my practice is couples who want to come in and, and create the healthiest baby possible, super babies, and who spend anywhere from six months to a year preparing their bodies, their hearts, their minds, their homes, um, in order to bring these babies in. I don't want to freak anybody out, but like the three months before you told me that our first time speaking, the three months before you conceive are the most important. You do talk about years before, and then we're learning. I don't know why, but all of a sudden, this is like a common thing that I'm seeing all over social media is that your eggs, the eggs that are in my body and Gianna's body and your body and people listening were in our grandmother's body. I always body. think that's yep. fascinating. So that is, and, and they talk about generational trauma and they talk about all these things that you carry with you. What do the guys bring to the table? No, I'm teasing, <laughs> but like, this is a, this is a real thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and then, then not to scare anyone, but you know, so my grandmother smoked 
Mm-hmm. When she was pregnant I with think, my mom, I think I'm sure. That whole, yeah, the whole <laughs> <generation>. drink. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I always yeah. wonder, is that why, like, we know moms who smoked, those babies have a, those female babies have a higher risk of PCOS later in life. So are a lot of the health issues that we are seeing in our generation a result of what our grandmothers did when they were pregnant with our mothers? And I think there is some component of that, but we also know that the body is intelligent. Like we have detox mechanisms, we have mechanisms built in to help reset these epigenetics. So we are not... Um, destined to to suffer from our lineage, whether it's the trauma or the the toxins or whatever it is. I think our generation is also the one that's realizing that there is so much healing that we can do for ourselves and that we can change the lineage now and moving forward. You said you're seeing a higher rate of infertility, and I always wonder this, like, is that the case or is it just that we're fostering an environment where people feel more comfortable talking about it now and people weren't sharing that before and basically sitting with it in silence. And I think the same thing about miscarriage because I have a plethora of friends, including myself, who have had miscarriage and I, you know, talk to my mom about it and she's like, my God, what is it? This was never the case back in my day. And I'm like, but was it? Or were people just not talking about it? Or also the fact that we have these early detection tests that women are testing much sooner and thinking, you know, I'm pregnant earlier than a woman may have before and may have completely missed the miscarriage, basically. Right. I think it's a combination. So I think there is a lot more awareness, a lot more conversation about it, which I think is a fantastic thing because it can be such a hard thing to go through, especially alone without having support whether that's friends or community. Or- and feeling shame, like feeling yes. like you're like the you're problem. problem. 100%, yeah. which I love how you said in the beginning too, like uh, this is a two-part process. This is the woman <laughs> and the man. But yeah, everybody just wants to go right to, oh, something must be wrong with her or she's infertile. And she. I actually have a friend, who, a male, who is experiencing male infertility and he has been so outspoken about it. And I like applaud him a million times for it because- that. But here's the thing, Gianna, that makes me irate. And Dr. Z, maybe you can talk about this more because you're in the field. Why is there not a test? Yeah. We are tested. We are poked and prodded from the time we come out of the womb. Is it is it a funding thing? Is it an insurance doesn't coverage thing? Is it a money thing where when you're 18 years old or when you get a pap smear, they're like, okay, we're going to check for for eggs. Well, I mean, there's a there's a lot of testing that's being developed, and I'm definitely working in mm-hmm. that field of developing testing. And I can talk about um, the test I've created and what we've done for fertility. I've um, already done that one. I'm I can't wait for you <laughs> to tell know. everybody what's really there. We have something really exciting with that too. So that's coming up. There's a I, first. I want to just acknowledge that there are a lot of good scientists working in this field right now. Um, And a lot of good female scientists as well. Like there's – the Buck Institute has a center for reproductive longevity. Now what's interesting is they are focusing more on like like menopause, which everything is connected. Obviously, the later you can push menopause, the longer you're going to be fertile in in most cases. And there are – there is a company that's actually working on doing sperm testing for things like methylation, which we'll talk about when we talk about the clockwise test. And um, so, so there is good research being done, and there's actually some good government funding that's that's out there that we clockwise- because more people would freeze their eggs earlier. Well, and I think there's an education component that needs to happen because I what I what's so crazy to me, like I'm in the field, so I get it. I've like been right. feeling the biological clock ticking. Like I I know that it's a yeah. thing, but I have a lot of women who come to me at 40 and don't even realize that like, oh, you mean I might have trouble. 
which on one hand is great because it's like you don't want to be sending your cells the message that you're going to have trouble. But on the other hand, if they haven't been living a healthy lifestyle for 10 years, they're going to have trouble. And and that comes down to biological age, not chronological age. Like I've had 40-year-old women who get pregnant on accident and I've had 40-year-old women (laughs) who go through years and years and years of struggle. And there's a lot of factors. That's what I think is so complex about this, that it really depends on the individual person. There's, there's no, no one hat. There's no one hat. There's no such thing no. as being like, oh, what did you do to get pregnant? Great. I'll try that. And I'm pregnant now. Well, there are people that like use their husband's toothbrush and get pregnant. Right. <laughs> like that happened to me the first time. And and then you feel the guilt for that. You know, so there are different, there are totally different hats. Yeah. Casey and Eric locked eyes from across the room at her wedding and she was pregnant. Um, <laughs> but I've always said, I wish there was a test and tell me if this is something that exists or something that your clockwise test can help with that can tell you how like if it's going to take you a little bit of time to get pregnant because you know how there are women where they get pregnant right away or yeah it may take them a year or you know what you actually need this type of vitamin or you need this type of hormone or whatever but then you're on Instagram and you see everyone else having babies and you're like I can't wait yeah. there are so many pressures not only your body but there are so many pressures yeah or i have people that have said like if i knew it was going to take this long i would have started sooner or if i knew it was going to be this quick i would have waited and another year. I thought it was going to take a year to get pregnant. And this is why I started. Yeah. So there's two things I think that we can speak about on this specifically. So what you're asking about is called time to pregnancy or TTP or time to conception. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, TTC can also mean trying to conceive. So time to pregnancy, time to conception. And it's in the, let's say the IVF world, they use a few markers that are not great markers for predicting success. We don't have a marker yet for um, predicting how long it's going to take when you're trying naturally. The sperm company that I spoke about, actually, they are working on that on the sperm side of things, which is super interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And for Clockwise, that's actually what we're working toward in the future. Well, briefly tell everyone what Clockwise is. So Clockwise, we make an at-home test that tests your biological age, which is more important for your fertility than your chronological age. They're different. This is why you can have a 40-year-old woman who gets pregnant on accident and a 40-year-old woman who struggles for years and years and years. Um, And that ultimately comes down to your health, the health of your cells. The healthier you are, the younger your biological age. And in a lot of cases, the easier it is to get pregnant and the better results you get if you do do egg freezing or IVF. We also test pace of aging, um, and we can go through what these different markers are. And then we also do a fertility toxin panel called Clock Tox that looks at some of the top fertility toxins that we know when these things are in your system, it takes longer to conceive naturally. Spoiler alert, I was older. My <laughs> biological age is older. I'm I'm a 30, almost 36-year-old, 33-year-old, and I tested positives for these toxins. However, what I'll say about you, Casey, so yes, your biological age came back older, but biological age is a measure of your entire life. So if you had some really fun college years or childhood trauma or something that accelerated that biological clock a decade ago, that's going to be taken into account in this biological age. But your pace of aging, which is what you're doing right now, came back actually fantastic. Like one of the best I've seen. So you came back at 0.7. 1.0 means you're aging at the exact rate as time, which is fine. That's amazing. Right. But you came back at 0.7, which means you're aging much slower than time, which tells me that everything that you're doing is right on, is fantastic. And there's still going to be some areas for, for tweaking. And then the toxin panel, there was a lot you didn't come back with, which is great. You did come back with BPF and 
you probably read this in the report, so again, not to scare you, but prenatal exposure to BPF, and BPF is what they put into plastics when it says BPA-free. It's, it's toxic. This is what system. I was telling yeah. Gianna about. So this is as the queen of no plastics, I came back for plastics. So that's the scary part. Yep. So when, when there was prenatal exposure to BPF, children at seven years old, more boys specifically. So boys at seven years old, because they just because that was the t- time point they chose to test at, had um, statistically significant decreased cognitive function than mothers who had no BPF exposure. Oh, I wow. mean, come on. I have a one-year-old boy. Like, you know what I like? So this is why, and then Dr. Z will formulate a plan to attack these things. So tell people what else would be a plan to attack these, these issues. You know, if their, if their rate of age was older or if their biological age was older. Can I ask a question real quick before we get into the plan? Cause I know that's going to be really important, but I, I, you said it's, it's almost like you hear this saying of like, Oh, it took years off my life, which seems like is actually true here because it's like technically changing your, your biological year. So as changing your composition. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like people make a joke like, Oh yeah, college took years off my life, but like, Oh, it probably really did. I'm sitting here scratching my head being like college and my early 20s. How many beers did I have? I might be clocking out, am I like a 52-year-old woman? Because they were some intense but very fun times. But I wonder how COVID affected this because I read something yesterday about how like our generation is struggling to even understand that we are the age that we are because we like lost that period of time. Mm. That like I do feel, you know, I was 29 years old. No, I was 30 years old going into COVID. And I do sometimes feel like I'm only 31 or 32, but I'm 34. And it's because I lost two years of COVID. So is that something that you're seeing or is that maybe not have been studied just yet of how that could be affecting someone's biological clock? Well, there's two pieces to speak on specifically with COVID. One, the thing that we know accelerates the biological age and the biological clock the fastest is stress. Mm. (laughs) Now, we actually have data. Now, the other component of that is the virus itself. So there there is published research on what happens to the biological age when you get COVID. And what's interesting is that it actually depended on how old you were when you got COVID. So, um, and it's been a year or so since I've looked at this specific paper, but I believe that it was um, people under 40 after they recovered from COVID, their biological clock actually got a little bit younger. What? Wow. Does the severity of the symptoms affect that? I don't believe they tracked that. Okay. Wait, what's the, what's the thought process behind that? How did it reverse aging? Um, I have to go back to this paper and look at it because it was super interesting when it came out and I haven't wow. looked at it since because um, I didn't for whatever Do the reason, doctor thing. Do the doctor thing. Yeah. I wasn't sure we were going to be <laughs> talking about COVID today, but- um, No, that's okay. <laughs> uh, wow. So there's some potential mechanisms. So one is that when you're really sick, you aren't really eating anything. And we know that fasting um, is a great way fasting. to rewind the biological clock. You go into what's called autophagy. Your immune system goes in and like eats up all the old bad cells and then- you come out healthier and younger. Wow. Um, and you can, Is there any research yet with COVID in, in any effect on conceiving or pregnancy or immunity yeah. for babies born? You know, if the mother – I had COVID twice while I was pregnant. Um, you know what? I haven't seen anything recently on um, like passing down natural immunity. Yeah. But as it is a, a virus um, and when mom does have antibodies and is immune – what we've seen in every other virus is that that immunity is passed down um, through the placenta and through breast milk. And so 
I would I would assume it to be the same. Um, I haven't looked at a specific paper on that yet. So interesting. And just so the audience is clear, we're not out here promoting to go get COVID. No, 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 no. Don't, <laughs> don't go in the, in the skincare <laughs> aisle now. Reverse your aging with do COVID not injection Follow shots. someone who is coughing in CVS and like lick the doorknob that they touch. Um, no, but I just want to, in wrapping up the clockwise to get back on track of, um, of infertility awareness, I want to say if someone's thinking about it and they're like, wow, that's really interesting. I'd love to do that. Take us through really like nuts and bolts, yeah. why it's, why it's important important, what the aftercare is and, and how much it costs. And then we do have a little cherry on top of that. And now a quick word about our sponsor. So I want to talk about therapy real quick. We both have experiences with it. For me, I would not be where I am today had it not been for therapy. I think especially as a mom, having outside perspective is super, super helpful. And we both, you and I both have transitioned to doing virtual therapy, especially because we're moving around so much. So it's like harder to be able to go into office and just nice to be able to do it wherever you're from. And I like it too, because I use it as my opportunity to go on a walk. I get Asher in the carrier or in the stroller. And I just take him for a walk and I get my physical and mental exercise at the same time. So BetterHelp is so great with this because it really makes it easy for people to find somebody that is right for them. They have this questionnaire, really narrows it down like what kind of therapy that you're looking for. It's something that I never really thought of too until I saw it on BetterHelp. But like, do you want somebody that's going to push your faith in your therapy? Do you want somebody who's going to give you homework at the end of therapy? You know, it's really tailored to like, how do you work best? And then that's when it sets you up with a therapist. They have chat sessions, phone sessions, video sessions. The scheduling is so easy to do, which of course is like the best part because as a mom, the schedules are all over the place. So if you have- Fluid. Yeah. Yeah. Constantly changing. If you have something that just makes it easy to schedule, then you're going to stick with it. And it's really important to be able to do. All these therapists on BetterHelp are licensed, trained, experienced, and accredited experts. You know you're getting somebody that's really going to help, somebody that's going to be good. I actually am in the process of signing up right now because my therapist who I was doing telehealth with, she's in Massachusetts. She can't treat me anymore because I'm not in Massachusetts. And I've been with her for seven years. So that's a daunting task. And I tried to find somebody here in Chicago in person and it just, it wasn't right for me. It was really frustrating to me. So this is a better way. You have this company who's setting out to pair you up with someone that you're going to be compatible with, I think that's a lot better than doing it on your own. Totally makes a difference. So we know that it's helped us. We want it to help you. We're partnering with BetterHelp to give you 10% off your first month of therapy. So you can sign up at betterhelp.com slash mother up or use the code mother up and you're going to get the help that you need. It's going to be great. Casey's going to take us on this journey and let us know how it's been going for her too with the new therapist because I know that is scary, but it'll be great. So BetterHelp, 10% off for your first month. Sign up at betterhelp.com slash motherup or enter code motherup. So it's called the Fertility Wise Test. You can get it on clockwise.com. You get a beautiful box shipped to your home. You do a, a quick little finger prick. You drop your drops of blood into a little circle, your finger painting. You literally put it in an envelope and drop it in the mail. And it takes, you know, maybe a week to get to the lab. The lab takes a couple of weeks to process. So it isn't a fast test. This isn't something like if you're doing IVF next week that you're going to have your results in time. Although I do recommend- It was like a month. It wasn't too long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely yeah. designed for like planning ahead. And then you get a beautiful report that gives you your biological age 
your pace of aging, your toxin report, your clock tox panel. And then you also get like 20 pages of what I call our fast framework, which is all the things that rewind the biological clock. Mm -hmm. So that's food, fasting, fitness, associated conditions, sleep, stress, supplementation, toxins, and trauma. And a paragraph or more under each of those sections of something you can start doing today to start wow. rewinding that biological clock. Price for that and there's a promo code. Yes. So it's $4.99. And with your mother up promo code, literally just type in mother up into the- um, One word. Yeah. One word, all caps, into the uh, the code when you check out and you'll get $49 off. Ooh, and we're not making nice. anything. It's total discount for all of the listeners. So I think it's really important. So important I did it again. Yeah. Information is power. And I think it's another thing that's out and it's cutting edge and it will help you in your journey. So going back to the journey, going back to infertility, what is one of the biggest issues that you're seeing or like the biggest questions that you're seeing? So most of the patients that I see come to me with unexplained infertility. Yeah. So there there are some issues where it's quite easy to diagnose. So like one of the first steps in like an infertility workup in the conventional world, which is a great first a great early step is to do um like some imaging. So they either do saline or some dye to see to make sure your fallopian tubes are open, to check structural issues because if it's something like that, then there's some clear next steps. Um but most of the women who struggle, they either tell them it's advanced it's it, you're old. <laughs> Or we just don't know. Um, and yeah, oftentimes right. what I see is that there's not really a thorough enough workup. And um, so sometimes it's thyroid. Sometimes it's nutrient deficiencies. Sometimes it's and, – and I'm going to speak to this. Sometimes it is stress, but mm -hmm. there's a very physiological mechanism for how that works. So our body is either making stress hormones or it's making sex hormones. So if we're in the stress bucket too often, we're not making good sex hormones and we need those mm. sex hormones to make a baby. Um, and this comes back to some of our primitive mechanisms of it takes a lot of energy as a human to create another human. Nine months, yeah. lots of nutrients, lots of calories, lots of resources, lots of sleep, lots of love, lots of everything. So if there's anything in your body that thinks that that offspring is not going to survive outside the body, it's going to either stop ovulation, which we see in some conditions, um, or wow. if you don't, or, or there, there's going to be compensatory mechanisms. Your body is going to change its hormones, change sometimes even like the neurological system to make sure you're not using a ton of resources if it doesn't think that's ba that baby's going to survive. So an example would be like for a lot of, not a lot of women, but for some women, if they don't have enough body fat or body weight, it's hard to get pregnant. And mm -hmm. this is like an easy example to understand because if the body doesn't think there's enough food out there, it's not going right. to make another human. But also if the body thinks that there's tigers running around and you're constantly running from a tiger, whether it's your boss or your, you know, whoever, <laughs> you're also not going to make another human because humanity, biology is like, no, we don't want that baby to get eaten by tigers. So right. it sounds silly, but this is kind of what's happening in our bodies. And just so I understand fully, so the there was like a, a list of alphabetical list of things that you had mentioned the food trauma, you know, all these different things. Mm -hmm. I assume that varies person by person in like which thing is affecting the infertility. Is that the case? Yes. So there are some, oftentimes what I see when I'm like assessing a couple is usually there's room for improvement in a few areas and there's like yeah. one big area that's kind of like the main thing. Got it. Okay. 
Um, Is there something that you see more so in couples that maybe, and I'm not saying anything about conventional medicine, but maybe something that conventional medicine or fertility doctors who say, give it a year, don't see or overlook or don't run that test mm -hmm. for? Um, I mean, I'm checking micronutrient, like 46 micronutrient levels. We're looking at gut health and microbiome. We're looking yep. at, um, you know, I've had some really interesting like learnings with patients because I'll find things like H. pylori, which is a stomach infection that I find in maybe like 50% of my patients. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, and some, whether you have symptoms or not, but interestingly, so I'm like, oh, does this have a connection to fertility? Cause I've had a few cases where I'm like, that's the thing that we treat. We just treat the gut and mm -hmm. they get pregnant. And it's like, is there a wow. connection between H. pylori? And actually mm. I found a, and so then I like go into the research and it's like really fun for me to play detective. And I'm like, oh, there's a study out of Japan that men with H. pylori infections had poorer semen parameters and, and whatnot. Um, so I am, I'm learning so much with each couple as I'm like, you know, we, we know the foundations of health. And so I treat as a naturopathic doctor, like we create health in the body, whether that's killing off an infection, supporting the immune system, um, you know, supporting the parasympathetic nervous system to help make healthy hormones. Um, so, I mean, compared to a conventional doc, I'm running a lot of different tests and a lot more tests. Um, and we're also talking about the mind-body component a lot more. Like that's a piece yeah. that I think is completely left out of the conventional world in most cases. Um, although what's interesting is a lot of, I mean, I came to the mind-body medicine just from my own healing process and my own, like seeing what was working with people and I'm very spiritual and connected and it mattered to me. And so I would like see if it worked with patients and it did. However, there's also a, a, a doctor out of um, Harvard who was doing research on like hypnotherapy for fertility. And guess what? Wow. They got better results. <laughs> wow. No way. Yeah. So, okay. How about this? How about if someone's listening and they're like, that is for me, I want to try all of these alternative methods. How do they find a practitioner in both of those areas? So on the functional side of things, so either naturopathic physicians or like functional medicine doctors, and they're very similar systems approach, diagnostic testing, um, prevention. Um, for the naturopathic doctor side of things, you can go to naturopathic.org and you can click find a doc and you can type in your zip code. Um, we're not licensed in every state, although there are naturopathic doctors in every state. It just, their scope may be a little bit different. I can write prescriptions here. Can't get, can't get licensed in, in Illinois or New Jersey, <laughs> which is where I'm, I'm going to New Jersey. So we'll figure it out. But, and then there's also, um, the IFM, the Institute for Functional Medicine. So this is typically more conventional practitioners who moved into the more functional world. Um, and they also have like a find a practitioner button on their website as well. And, um, and then on the mind body side of things, um, I mean, I think there's a lot of practitioners out there. I think there's a lot of, uh, coaches, there's a lot of hypnotherapists. And so I would probably ask for a, like a referral from somebody, you know, who's worked with somebody and, and on that side of things, the thing that matters to me the most is that you, you connect with that person, you resonate with that person, you trust that person because that creates what's called the therapeutic relationship and then everything works better. In terms of the mind-body aspect, what's something that you tell your patients and can tell our audience listening today, if they are internalizing this so hard and are really, you know, talking down to themselves and blaming mm -hmm. themselves for what they're going through, what message can you share with them? Two components. The first is 
give yourself the space to fully feel your feelings. Yes. Feel it to heal it. We talked about that on the other episodes. Yes. But also don't direct that feeling toward as negativity towards yourself, but let yourself have the moment or or however much time you need Mm -hmm. to process the despair, to process the disappointment. Whatever's moving through, let yourself feel it. It's okay. It's going to feel like shit. And mm-hmm. if you fight it, if you if you hold – you're using a lot of energy to not feel that thing. And so allowing yourself to fully express actually frees up a lot of life force in the body. Mm, and and wow. life force is good for fertility. So the first step is feel it. The second step is – I would say get support is probably the third step. But the second step is create a practice for yourself. And whether – and that can be whatever you feel called. But trust yourself if that's – just breathing and coming back to center for 10 minutes a day, which I mean- Like a yoga or meditation, whatever works for the person. Choosing something, Mm -hmm. but then also practicing awareness of those thoughts. So when you notice those thoughts coming in, consciously choosing a different thought, Mm -hmm. which for a lot of us, it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, I can do that. Like, I mean, I remember the moment I I was like, you mean I I don't have to believe my thoughts? Like what? Uh Um, so, (laughs) So awareness. So notice what you're saying to yourself and consciously choose a different a different story, a different line, a different mantra. Um, but if you don't do the first part and if you don't allow yourself to fully heal and feel through the heavier emotions, you're basically – and um, a woman who I've studied with, a, an amazing coach, um, likes to say like you're, you're just putting perfume on a poo pie. So <laughs> – <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah. Phthalate perfume on a on a poo pie. Oh, um, Casey loves phthalates. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I clearly I do. I'm full of them. <laughs> Despite my what best about, efforts. Um, for women who are able to get pregnant, but they can't keep the baby and the they keep having miscarriages. Is that something that you find that your medicine or this clockwise test is able to help with? Yes. So, I mean, there's kind of like an order of operations of like most likely causes. So, I mean, the first thing I definitely check is like progesterone and thyroid. So if progesterone isn't high enough, like progesterone is what stabilizes that uterine lining and is necessary to maintain that pregnancy. So that's the first thing I check. And then the second thing would be thyroid, especially antibodies for a condition called Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune thyroid condition, because we know women with those antibodies have higher rates of miscarriage because there's this autoimmune process. And so the body is like attacking itself and sometimes attacking your baby potentially. And so in that case, we would need to address the Hashimoto's, potentially work on that autoimmune piece. Um, Other things though, is if it is more of like a genetic quality issue, like if that embryo is just not viable then we're looking at both egg quality, but also sperm quality. And I think one of the most under-tested, under-investigated issues is the quality of the DNA in that sperm. Um, And that can be tested through what's called DNA fragmentation, where they actually look at the health of the DNA. So even if they're the right shape and they can swim and their tails work and there's the right amount of them, if that DNA inside has been damaged by nutrient deficiencies, toxin exposures, laptop on your lap, you know, electronic toxins, then unfortunately, like when we're not finding something in mama to be, that could be, could be why she keeps losing. Yeah. It's his his fault. (laughs) Is this, is this what could be affecting what they say the grade of the embryo? I've heard a lot of friends that do IVF talk about like we got a ton of eggs and sperm and, and embryo and it's all like testing right until we get to the embryo and the grade of the embryo is not yep. right. 
Is that the percentage that they give it? Like the out of 100%? Is that what you're talking about? Do you no, know they're like literal like letters, like A, B, or C of the grading of the embryo. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yes. Because I know there's like a viability. Like if you have six embryos, they're like ranked in order of six success rate. Potential yeah, so rate. the grading does come come down to like the genetic health, the genetic That's material. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then how that you may not be able to answer this, but if it is a sperm quality issue, how long is it going to take to increase that quality? Is there an answer? If to that? we address no. the cause, about three to four months, because oh. they're constantly making new sperm. Because the turnover is. So get the laptop off the lap, get the cell phone out of the pocket, get metabolic health. I mean, the health of that sperm is 50% of the DNA and 50% of the epigenetics. What are some things that you've heard of that you're like, okay, there are some weird things that affect sperm health or even egg health, but that's not one of them. Everybody, please stop worrying about that. Oh man. Okay. Or, or you can tell us one thing that's so surprising that people are like, what? Like that is affecting me? Okay, so here's here's a thing that is very surprising that most people do every single day and never realize that it's affecting their fertility on both the male and female side of things. So do do both of you go out and get a Starbucks like to go cup ever? And do you have a sure plastic do. lid on that cup? Okay, sure so when does. and do you drink coffee or do you drink tea? Coffee. Hot coffee. Hot coffee. And then I reheat I'm it in iced. the microwave. I'm an iced girl. Okay. Well, so coffee is acidic. Acidity leaches plastic. Heat leaches plastic. So when you're drinking a hot coffee in a plastic lined paper cup with a plastic lid, you are leaching all sorts of plastic, phthalates, BPA, BPA, all sorts of chemicals into that. And you're basically drinking chemical soup. And so, you know, it's the things we do every day that make the biggest difference, not like a one-time exposure, right? Um, unless it's really big and really bad. But so that's, that's the thing that I think is most surprising to people that they're like, oh, this one thing that I do every single day that I really love doing right. could mm-hmm. be destroying my fertility. I'm both a male and female. And there's, there's nothing different than making coffee at home and putting it in a to-go cup. Yeah. Just make sure it's like ceramic or metal or like, you know, not plastic. Not paper. Not paper. (laughs) Well, that was another study that just came out that paper straws and paper products in general are also an issue. Yeah. What's crazy is we're finding BPA in everything. We're finding it in like athletic wear. Can we stop with the paper straws? I can't do that anymore. (laughs) At this point, I mean, you're just like, give me the plastic bag. No, but really. I can't. I literally carry around either a glass or metal yes. straw at all times. I have a rose gold one that sits in my purse. Oh, that's amazing. Cute. Yeah. But those are the phthalates that are affecting not only us, but our future children. A hundred percent. And what does that do? If you're like, okay, whatever. Like, I, I don't care. Like, I need my coffee and that's how I bring it to work and I don't want to clean a cup and whatever. So what? I have plastics in me. What is the repercussion of that? Uh, increased miscarriage rate increased time to conception, decreased success with egg freezing and IVF, potentially increased risk of your child having asthma, allergies, eczema, obesity, diabetes. Those are the risks. I have like several people I'm calling immediately after this interview and telling them they need to stop. (laughs) (laughs) I like can think of people that I know that do this religiously every day. So there was a a study that recently came out that I haven't had time to dive into like more than just the abstract yet, but it was about how um, babies who were fed with plastic bottles had poorer cholesterol markers than babies who were breastfed. Now, so it's like our our children are also being exposed to this. So there's some of our own exposure, but then there's also going to be their own exposure, which we want to minimize as much as possible as well. But when we see like skyrocketing rates of like diabetes, obesity, it, it is the food supply, but it's also the plastic in the food supply. And it's what we're breathing and touching and putting on our skin and, and all of it. 
Well, my son, I mean, I, I breastfed, well, I pumped for a few months and then I went to formula, which is sitting in a plastic bottle for God knows how long. I was using glass baby bottles, but I mean, at that point, the damage is done. It's already in the formula, leached into the formula at that point. In terms of, I asked you this question, items and food products in plastic, where do you draw the line? Because you had told me if it's dry in plastic, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, we can't like drive ourselves insane trying to eliminate every little itty bitty thing. So the things that are the worst are anything acidic and anything hot. So like tomato sauce, like if it's in like tomato sauce is acidic. So choose that in a glass jar versus in a can that could be lined with BPA or BPF or BPS. Case, I want to tell you about this new app that I found that I'm obsessed with. It's called Johanna. It was created by a mom of four that is now doing this concierge service, so to speak, for really anybody, but the marketing is for moms. And I totally bought into it. (laughs) I have used it for so many things. The marketing was so smart because the way that it got me was like, are you too focused on your phone? Are you trying to do too much? Do you want to spend more time with your kids? Yes, all of those things are true. This app allows me to basically give a task to these specialists that go out and get it done. Okay, let me give you an example. The most annoying thing. It's the nicest thing, but it's so annoying. Ordering flowers for someone and sending them. Yes, 100%. But I am a control freak and I'm like, okay, like no carnations, no baby's breath, no pompous grass. That's just me. But that's what I want. So you can tell them that and they will get it done. Yes. There's a whole note section. You can put in what you want. You can tell them your budget. You can tell them the time it needs to be done by. And the thing is like, so what you're talking about right there, like it's not just like, okay, one hundred flowers, I'm ordering them, blah, blah, right. blah. Like that's time for you to look through, okay, what does the bouquet look like? And the other thing is I like to do things at night. hundred percent. Jack's asleep. That's when I'm so productive and you can't call yep. at night. Yeah. So yeah, I found like even if I was physically present with my kids, I wasn't really present because I was on my phone trying to tick Mm -hmm. so many things off of my to-do list where now I'm just putting it into the app. The specialists are going in. They're asking any questions that they need from me to get it done and it's done. I'm pulling up my app because I want to see like what else I've used it for. It's been a million things. Oh my God. Graduation season. I had them order so many graduation gifts for me. Other things too. Like I want to be able to donate clothes or donate electronics or things that I'm finding in my house. And I don't want to be able to have to look up where to go. Like they just can send it to me. Here's all the places nearby. They've found recipes and meal planning has been super, super helpful. They can order groceries for the house. You can shop local for custom birthday cakes. You can research the local organizations that you want to volunteer as a family, find a groomer for a new pet. I mean, literally the list goes on and on. I've used it for so many things, especially with us moving to a new house in Florida, not really knowing the area. I had them look up a bunch of kids activities in the area. So it's really just the best. This could also be super great for vacations. You're already planning travel and accommodations and figuring everything out. It's like, let them book your you know, taxis, your Ubers. Let them plan things and find out if you're going to a new place, what they offer. Casey, I'll do you one better. They can plan all the travel. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, give them information. Your card is linked to the account. They can book your flight. They can book your hotel. They can actually do everything. There's a whole travel section, events. They can plan parties. I mean, I, I could this ad could be a million minutes long because I I can tell you everything, but I absolutely love it. It is so helpful. They are offering this service 
for 129 right now. 129. Yes. I mean, you can't get that anywhere else. And it's unlimited. So for the amount of times and amount of tasks that you could put in, 129 a month is a freaking steal, let me tell you. So I'm putting the link to this in the show notes. I really think that you should check it out. It's it's super helpful, again, as a mom or just anybody, if you're trying to get some more time back to yourself. I found it's really made me a better mother. It's made me a better wife. It's made me a better person to just focus on the things that I really want to and get the nitty gritty stuff. I can hand it off and know that it's being taken care of. So again, Johanna app, it's amazing. Go to the link in our show notes and click on it and get started today for $129 a month. So aluminum and metal is an issue too, in some senses, because there could be lead. There could be, you could be getting heavy metals. You could be getting heavy metals and the the cans are often lined with some sort of plasticizer as well. So it's rough, but like if you're getting like almonds and they're, and they're in a plastic bag and they're like, I, w- I, I buy almonds in a plastic bag. Okay. Like it's not the end of the world. <laughs> um, you know, definitely. So no heating plastic. I wouldn't like if you are using plastic for food storage of any sort, do not put hot food in it at all. Definitely don't reheat it. So dry is less of an issue. Um, cold is typically less of an issue or room temperature. And then things that are not like chemically active. So like I said, like the tomato sauce is like a little more reactive. It's acidic. It can leach a little bit more. I mean, even types of butter I have seen have forever chemicals from the wrappers that they're in. Yeah. Yeah. So we could go on forever about toxins, but I want to remind us that the body is resilient Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that especially when we have the right nutrients, the body can get rid of these things and can reset those epigenetics as well. So the first step is always avoidance. Like we want to stop it coming in and then we also want to support it coming out of the body. But two of the nutrients, um, and we list this in the Fertility Wise report, that have been shown to support kind of like counteracting the damage of a lot of these toxins. The first is folate, which, you know, prenatal wise is is super important. Um, And then the second is EGCG, which is a green tea extract. So if you drink green tea, not out of a plastic cup, and and not out of a tea bag. Yeah. Because those have plastics too. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> then you are counteracting damage from things that we're exposed to every single day. Because of all my couples, no one has ever gotten down to zero toxins. And that's not re- that's not a realistic expectation. I have women, believe me, I have women who are like, we're, we're not getting pregnant until every single thing is out of my body. It's not going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so our job is to do the best we can. Because if you have too much, the, the stress is going to counteract the benefit of having the toxins out of the body, to be quite honest. So- we do the best we can. We right. make sure we're nourished. We make sure our, our routes of elimination are open so the body can get th- these things out. We make sure our liver is working well. We're pooping every day. We're sweating. We're drinking plenty of water. We're getting good sources of, of folate. My favorite is organ meats, grass-fed beef liver, whether it's like I won't actually eat it. My sister tried making it for me one time. It did not go well. There, It, it does come in capsules. It, it, there are also things like my favorite seasoning blend is Pluck and they have um, grass-fed organs, dehydrated, ground up and mixed with herbs and spices. So you are, you taste like you're eating herbs and spices. You don't taste, it tastes like you are eating herbs and spices, but you are getting some of the most nutrient dense foods on the planet into your body in that moment. 
I appreciate you saying what you said just a few minutes ago, because I really don't want the audience. I don't want this to cause more stress for them, right? Which is bad in itself. And then, you know, they're worrying about, oh my God, now I have to basically change my entire practice of life, of plastics and coffee and this and that and where I put my laptop and what my husband does. It's all so overwhelming. And the point that we're trying to make here is not that you're doing everything wrong, but basically Mm -hmm. like there are things that we can look at and say, let's take them out of your life. Let's subtract that and see if we can make a difference in your fertility. So to clarify again, the clockwise test can basically help a person fine tune where of everything that we've talked about today, they need to focus. So the clockwise test is going to get, it's not going to give you like you specifically need to start with fasting. It's going to give you where you are right now. So your biological age in this moment, your aging speedometer in this moment. So that's going to tell you, okay, so like most of our women and most of our men actually come back, biological age is older, pace of aging is younger, is less than one, like just like Casey. She's like mm-hmm. typical, slow, typical case, um, which tells you that what you're doing right now is working for mm. your cellular health, for your biological age. You would just need to be doing it longer to see the years fall off the clock on that number above. So it gives you an idea of like, okay, if I'm at 1.0 right now, okay, some I'm probably doing some good things, but there's a lot more in the, these 20 pages that I could be doing to age even slower. Or we we have had people come back at like 1.2, 1.3. So what you're doing in that moment is not working for you. What is your stress level? Are you even sleeping? What you know, like these are the people that need a lifestyle overhaul. I hear women screaming like, "No, I have children. I'm not sleeping." Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But when you do these things, it works. Like yeah. when we were first creating this test. Um, so I was 33 at the time. And, you know, I've been doing for, at that point I hadn't been in practice 10 years yet, but, you know, I'd been seeing patients for like seven-ish years and, you know, obviously had seen some pretty incredible success stories of women who like, for example, this, this couple came to me, she was 42. She had failed round of IVF at 36, failed round of IVF at 40, came to me at 42. And you would think, you know, 42 to 36, like, how am I going to get any better results for this couple? And, um, they ended up getting nine grade A embryos. Wow. And so I'm like, okay, so I know it's more about health than it is about age, but I take the test myself thinking I'm a naturopathic doctor. I'm doing everything right. And I got, I came back four years older than I was wow. and had a whole mental breakdown around it. Aww. Freaked out. And I, you know, I'm mid thirties, single in LA wanting babies. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, right. this is a fertility death sentence. And so then I'm like, I now need to solve this first for myself and then for everybody else. And um, put myself on a protocol, retested eight weeks later, and was able to rewind my biological clock by a full two years and eight weeks. Wow. Wow. And then over the next year, so it was like a year and a quarter of this part of the journey. So on my 35th birthday, I came back at 31 and three quarters. So I went from four years older. What were you doing at 33? And what did you change in those eight weeks that decreased your biological age by two years? The biggest thing was fasting. It was the thing I was most resistant to. It was the thing I was like, this is terrible for fertility, like no fasting. There was also something in me that was like, oh, I actually have some like emotional reliance on food that I was not willing to look at up until that point. And then that was the thing that was like, okay, now I need to heal inside. And so the fasting was the biggest difference that I made in that that first eight weeks. And I would also just caveat, fasting is not appropriate if you are actively trying to conceive. I only recommend it if you've got three months or more before opening that conception window. 
And there are so many types of fasting. Is that specific to a person or how long did you fast? So I actually used the Prolon fasting mimicking diet and I did it twice in two months. So I did it. It's five days. You're stronger than me. <laughs> I made it to day three. Gianna, do you know this? No. Okay. It's, I mean, the food's great. Yeah. It's basically a, a, a big box with five little boxes and you just eat what's in that box for that day. What's in that? Like a cherry and some almonds? Close. Close. Yeah. You get like a dehydrated <laughs> vegetable soup and like a little bar, a nut bar and some olives and another soup and some tea. Um, and it's the nutrients to keep you going, but it's the the right ratios of and, and levels of everything so that your body thinks it, it goes into what's called autophagy, which is the goal of fasting, which is where your body goes in and eats up all the old bad cells. So I like to say it's about it's, it's like 80% of the benefit of doing a water fast with only 20% of the suffering. So water mm. fasts are rough and hard and I don't recommend them for everybody. They're very effective if you do them. But Prolon I have found to be both like research-wise shown to be very effective for rewinding the biological clock. And then in our both the clockwise po- uh, population community and in my practice, also very effective. The, the fasting was the thing that I was most resistant to and it was the thing that made the biggest difference for me. So I in this moment am not trying to conceive, but – could this clockwise test be good for me just to learn more about my body and to be able to say, hey, here's some things that I might need to eliminate to live a healthier life? A hundred percent. I mean, fertility is a byproduct of health. So if you want health, yeah. this is a great test to start right. with. And I mean, I think we all want longevity and anti-aging. So that's that's the goal across the board and and we can definitely help you with that. Yeah, I'd be so interested. Even if you don't want anti aging, you just want to be healthy. And here's the thing so, if someone's like, okay, you know what? This is adding up. I don't have this budget. I can't buy clockwise. I can't also buy this uh, prolon for a few hundred dollars. Like Gianna and I, if we did the full five days, would need to be locked in a cage, like away from everyone that we love. I wouldn't make it. I would faint. I'm not, I just can't. There's, I like have issues already going on anyway from postpartum. I forget if I've even talked about it on this podcast, but I have fainted quite a few times since giving birth to my son. I've ended up. I'm not worried about you fainting. I'm worried about you physically harming your husband. (laughs) That's yeah. I, my husband begged me to eat on day three. He's like, please just eat something, please. I beg of you. But what is like, okay, 12 hours, 16 hours. If you want to do this with Without prolon, mm-hmm. what would you recommend? Um, I recommend starting with twelve twelve, so twelve hours of not eating, okay. which is pretty pretty easy Just for sleep, me. Sleeping for eight most people to six. do, yeah. So you you finish dinner by seven, and you don't eat until after seven the next day. Pretty doable, great for like a gut reset. Doesn't really get you into the autophagy, but a great place to start. Also, totally safe if you are trying to conceive or you're within that three months of trying to conceive, um, because it doesn't downregulate any of the signaling or sex hormones putting the body into any sort of stress. Otherwise, it's a little individualized. So some of my, the things I'm looking at when I'm deciding like whether somebody should be fasting or not, like intermittent fasting, let's say, like doing like a 16-8 or, or, or more, like hypothyroid issues, adrenal issues. There are some things where I'm like, or low blood sugar issues, like fasting is probably not the thing for that person. Like if you get hangry, then we want to make sure that we can help your body switch to burning and metabolizing fat better so that you can use that for fuel. Because if, if your blood sugar is bouncing around, you're creating more stress on your body and we don't want to do that. So you can go slow and steady. So you can start with a 12-12 and then slowly increase it by an hour or two you know, in the next week. You also don't need to do it every day. I think diet variation is one of the best things for humans where you have maybe some intermittent fasting days, you have some feast days, maybe you have a 24-hour fast day. That's really 
making the body adapt to different situations and that's building resilience and building that life force in the body. So variation is great. And some women can fast very easily and very successfully with the right support. So go slow and steady, listen to your body and, uh, and go from there. And it's not required. Like we've had lots of women rewind their biological clock without doing the fasting component. And for some women, eating breakfast is actually more important because it manages their cortisol and their blood sugar, which then lowers their stress in their body. It's a lot to think about and it's a lot to take in and it's and I and again as Gianna said I don't want people to think like oh my god now I have a whole host of other things to research and do and get tested for and poked and prodded and and this that and the other thing but again it's good to be aware of it all yeah yeah and it's also I think good to just look at alternate approaches totally and I mean and it's like it's all about decisions and choices so in, you have the information you have the power of choice like what are you going to choose for yourself you don't have to choose to fast you also don't have to choose to do clockwise but if you're going to choose to do egg freezing or IVF, it would make sense to do to choose clockwise before you go spend $15,000 or $50,000 right. on those processes. You know, it's all, it's all about what feels aligned for you and, and what you're choosing based on what your goals are in your life. Well, we appreciate everything that you've done in this field, yeah. everything you continue to do, everything you will do. And um, we hope to have you back on when you have another test that you've created yourself. So congratulations on your success and, and helping so many women yeah. out there. Yeah, thank you thank so much, you so much for this information. It was it's so great. And and I really hope it helps a ton of people. And I certainly think it will. And as Casey said, thank you for the work that you're putting into this. And first of all, amazing that there's a woman in this space doing yeah. this. So yes. <laughs> thank Cheers you. Cheers to you. Cheers thank to you. you Real quick, where can people find you if um they have questions about everything you talked about today? Or again, we'll link to Clockwise and the promo code Mother Up in the show notes, but where can people find you? I'm Dr. Zagoni on Instagram, and then we're at Clockwise with a Z Fertility on Instagram because I'm Dr. Z, um, and Clockwise.com, and we do have like an info at email address for other questions through about Clockwise. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks, you. Ladies. Thanks for listening to Mother Up. We have new episodes every Monday. In the meantime, follow us on social by searching at Mother Up Pod. Got a topic you want us to cover? A story you want us to share? Give us a shout on our website, www.motheruppod.com. Production support for today's episode provided by Katie Anderson, also a mom of HomeAway Studios. I'm Gianna Demedio simon And I'm Casey McDonald-Hosmer. Have a great week. And remember, whenever you're feeling down, mother up. <laughs> <laughs>